Thursday, everyone. I'm Claudia Bellafato. He is Joe Fan. This is episode 38 of Bet to Win Championship Weekend Edition. We are here in the beautiful Blue Wire Studios at the Win Las Vegas. Joe, I'm a little worried. Can this weekend live up to what we saw last week? I feel like I'm going to be disappointed either way. No, it can't. The games might. St- the games could be all timers and it still wouldn't live up. Four yeah. games decided at the buzzer. Walk off wins. Three with field goals. One with a touchdown with the Chiefs. And Patrick, uh, Patrick, Patrick Kelsey, <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. That would be scary yeah. if Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey could be one. It's a really That'd be scary. beautiful and talented man right there. Yeah. Blend those two together. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it was an insane divisional round. And that's why, to me, the divisional round is the best weekend of football in the calendar year because you have four games. You weed out the, the pretenders in the wild card round and you get four great games. And that's what it delivered. And each one in very different ways. Uh, was an all-time classic, and uh, and it sets up for two uh, games. That I hope are entertaining, but you're. I mean, you're right. The bar was set far too high, and I think we have to go in with with much lower expectations this weekend. We do, and it's weird. I keep wanting to put this poll on Twitter. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I probably will this weekend since we're running out of time. We've never had this conversation um, since we do just have one weekend. I mean, one day this weekend, just two games. I feel like food is a very important thing. Like you're going to have that one meal. You're going to look forward to it all weekend. What is your uh, championship weekend meal that you're looking forward to? Oh, I know. Right. Like I want to ask Twitter. I'll probably too. crush some wings. Wings. Yeah. But then yeah. when you get wings, it's all carrots, no celery. Cause you know, I don't <laughs> eat celery. I get that. I drink celery juice every morning, but I, you can, you would never catch me eating celery. But that sounds terrible. Like for fun. Oh, it is, but it, it's- Do you I'm, make it I'm yourself? Down, or is I'm, it like, I'm telling like, you. It, are you on like a juice cleanse? It cleans you out. No, just every morning. It like really helps. What I do is I wake up, not that anyone cares, but I wake up, I drink lemon juice, wait 15 minutes. Waking up's a good start juice, every day. Juice, <laughs> And then I drink celery juice. I make the celery juice, drink the celery juice, then wait another 15 minutes and eat a banana. And then I come here and we talk football and it's great. Just the pinnacle- <laughs> Of health, Claudia Bellafato. Uh, thank you, thank you. As you but ask me wings. what I'm going to chow down on this weekend, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to crush some wings, probably some pizza, then oh, drink yeah. several beverages of the uh, yeah. alcoholic variety. Yeah, well, you mentioned celery, so I just had to- No, wings are good. I like it. I got a buddy coming to town this weekend, so anytime you have friends in town, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's going to be a good time. Beer, wings, pizza, dude football, stuff, boy stuff, dude stuff. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Just cashing tickets or ripping up tickets, either one. <laughs> either We're going to take some dart throws at college basketball games on Saturday That's night, I'm fun. sure. Put together a big five-leg NBA parlay. Like, this will play for our weekend. Yeah. 50 bucks each. Yeah. It hits. Pays for everything. I saw a guy the other day. He did a first score in the NBA. It was a parlay. I don't even know how many legs. 35 cents, and he won like 16K or some absurd thing. You always look at that and that, that makes you want to just lose your money on parlays. So I'm going to do that this weekend. Like, me and my buddy Eric are going to do that. One time. I also have a, a, an admission or an admission, a confession is where the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have to admit something and confess something. Okay. Uh, full DJ move for me yesterday. First time I've, I've done this since uh, moving here. I was getting ready for the show. I was watching some hoops and I'll take a little break, pull open YouTube, see what's out there. And, uh, and the, course, one of the things that pops up is uh, low bankroll crap strategy for a $10 table. And I was like, okay, you have my attention. Clicked it, watched it. And I was like, huh. Down the rabbit hole. That makes sense. (laughs) And then I was like, well, I'd like to try it because now I'm curious. And I've got some cash laying around because of some bets I hit last weekend. Grab a couple hundred bucks, walk across the street to Suncoast Casino. And I said, I'd like to play by myself. I don't have to worry about winning or losing anyone else's money. Craps table's wide open. Really? And about 25 minutes later, I turned $200 into $450. And I walked out and said, this is easy. No, all off of YouTube. Off of a YouTube video. Now, I, w- I was on a heater. Had I not bet the tail minimums, I, I would have won a lot of money. Now, I, w- I will never not bet the tail minimums because I just don't like to lose. And so I'm afraid of losing big. But wow. it was pretty fun. It, uh, it was one of those where like, you try to play it cool. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is what I always do. But it was just like, boom, hitting numbers after numbers. Look at you, Joe. And like, Joe you're on fan. fire. I was like, yeah, no big deal. This is He's creeping in the de- into the degenerate. Um, on a Wednesday, degenerate on a Wednesday evening, just Vegas. like playing crafts by myself. Yeah, You've officially lived in Vegas. And my parents uh, listen to every long. episode, which means they know this now. Uh, so I'm sure my dad's going to be like, so 
Should the, we talk about this? Mr. and Mrs. Don't worry. I will keep an eye on him. Mr. We live in the same apartment complex. I'll, I'll keep an eye, make sure he's not sneaking off to Suncoast every Monday night. Let's move on. Uh, Victory Lap. That was a great thought. I'm glad you shared that with us. I'll have to watch that YouTube video. <laughs> Victory Lap hold this L. Um, I'm going to go with this loss that really just ruined my night two, uh, two nights ago. Excruciating. Terrible. Lay into with the Bulls. <laughs> full game. Thank God I had first half, so at least I won one bet. Bulls minus half a point. And I really should have just went with the, the first half because Joe and I were just saying, NBA is so damn brutal to bet. Leads me nothing. With the late scratches. with And to me, I don't watch the game. If I am playing full game, I won't watch till the fourth quarter because there's literally no use. Because you could be watching a team could be up by 50 and still there's a backdoor cover. So I refuse yep. if I have a full game. Should have just played first half, especially knowing that that Levine and um, basically Levine had limited minutes. So I really should have taken first half. I didn't. Bulls led by 12 heading into the fourth. Then let the Thunder score 32, including a buzzer beater three. Mike Muscala, baby. To back door and literally ruin my night. Not that like I'm not being dramatic, but I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, it would be really nice to just go 2-0 tonight, go to bed, wake up. No, no, no. They weren't going to win. It was a three. I mean, maybe if he got fouled, but it, no. They they did that to hurt me and hurt every other every other better that had Bulls minus two. It's cruel because my oh. winning pick on Monday was Bulls and Suns money line parlay. And so I I, I did win on that because oh, I just had the money line. Yeah. So the second Muscala hits this and everyone on Twitter is talking about the bad beat, you included. And I think I shot you a text of like, that's. Yeah, just, just to rub it in. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, I had money line. I had, so nice I won job. that, uh, my best bet cashed with that uh, money line parlay, Suns and Bulls on Monday night at plus 119. I gave some of that back with Suns first half, my six and a half against the JV Jazz squad. They are up like 13 at the end of the first quarter. And I'm like, they're going to run away. They were without, Jazz were without Gobert, Ingles, Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Their whole squad was out. It was truly Jordan Clarkson and their G League squad. Uh, and yet they outscored the Suns by 10 in the second quarter, and I didn't win. Oh. Brutal. NBA is brutal. Um, and then uh, Cash Bulls minus three and a half against the Raptors on Wednesday night. Game that shouldn't have been as much of a sweat as it was, given the Bulls were up 17 at halftime, which again leads me nothing in the NBA. Um, and that's my victory lab. Hold this L. On to football. Yeah, we're going to leave it there. I, I have much better luck with football, so let's continue. As we mentioned, big weekend. It's going to be a big follow-up from what we saw last week. Let's start with the Bengals and Chiefs. Chiefs laying seven. I'm seeing pretty much across the board here. It hasn't moved a ton. Total at 54. As we know, Bengals won the Week 17 matchup in Cincinnati, 34-31. Chiefs, however, very good at home, 6-0 in their last six home games, 8-2 ATS in the last 10. After what I saw last week, the way that I'm going with this, and I am going to take the points with the Bengals, I would love to get the hook at seven and a half with this. But either way, I think that seven points is too many points to lay with any team at this point, especially after what we saw last week. The O-line scares the crap out of me with the Bengals 100%. Anytime that you are letting your quarterback get sacked nine times, not great. But I don't really think they can do much worse this week than what they did that last week. And Joe Burrow is used to the pressure at this point. It is no surprise to him. He has been sacked at least once, often more, in every single game except for one. That was against the Steelers earlier in the season. So, yes, the O-line scares me, but I'm not going to have that scare me away. The reason I didn't play them last week, and, and I mentioned I was debating teasing them, I was waiting on the D-line injury report. A banged-up D-line is going to worry me. Again, I'm still going to play the Bengals here because I think that it is going to come down to being a close game. I do think they're going to be able to pressure Mahomes. And as I mentioned, he is not the same Patrick Mahomes when he is under pressure. And the last time they faced, too, Joe Burrow, he was sacked four times, but he had almost 77% completion, 446 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So I keep hearing everyone say, yeah, but can Joe Burrow do what Josh Allen did in that last game and, and what Josh Allen did and they still didn't win? He had better stats than Josh Allen did in that divisional game. He threw for more yards. He had less interceptions. He had a better completion percentage. And I think that he has a plethora 
of more weapons than Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the leading rusher in the main part, obviously, of that passing offense. Like, he is that Bills offense where I think the Bengals have so many different avenues where they can get the ball of the field and score. No denying the Chiefs also have a great offense, which is why this is going to be such an interesting matchup. I think, again, it's going to come down to whoever makes less mistakes and in which defense can get the biggest stops. But I have been riding this Bengals team for, for too long to not want to get a free touchdown with them at this point. Yeah, this game to me feels like the Chiefs are going to have a lead the entire game. The Bengals will linger, and you're just going to hope they hang on to cover. The number is always going to miss a lot of points, but the Chiefs are good enough to cover it. Now, I don't think they cover it comfortably. Um, I will probably stay away from a side. You know, you look at these games, and you can parlay the favorites and get it at even money and then tease the dogs and get yourself a nice middle with all of the key numbers um, on both sides, given the Niners are three-and-a-half-point dogs and the Bengals are seven. I might dabble with that and see if I can find the middle and try to win both. Um, this is a game, it's hard to watch the Chiefs on Sunday and think that any team has a chance against them. But I think it's, again, you always want to be cognizant of not being a prisoner of the moment. And yes, the Bengals and Titans game was much uglier, much more defensive. But I also look at the Bengals defense. They can't be worse than what the Bills put out there on Sunday at Arrowhead. It's one of the worst tackling performances I've ever seen from any NFL defense, especially in that big of a spot from a defense that was supposed to be one of the best in football. So I don't want to say, oh, well, they, they torched the Bills, so they're going to torch the Bengals. They're obviously going to put up points. They're going to get theirs, but it doesn't mean it has to be as dominant given how poorly the Bills played. I do think Tyron Matthew being back in the lineup will help the Chiefs' defense. This one is tough. To me, it comes down to uh, the, the Bengals have to get touchdowns and not field goals. I love Evan McPherson. Money Mac, baby. Such a clutch playoff stretch here, these two games with eight field goals. He cannot kick four field goals and have you win this game. Uh, the Bengals are just three of seven in the red zone uh, over the two playoff games that they've won uh, against the Raiders and Titans. And again, Evan McPherson has eight field goals. But here's a quick, quick diatribe I want to go on for the Bengals. And we've been on this team hopping on the bandwagon, not just from a betting standpoint, but from a genuine rooting interest because they're so fun and they are this team that's ahead of schedule. And that's my point. The Bengals are playing with house money to a degree that we don't see very often in the NFL. You look at the 2017 Jaguars as sort of a team that came out of nowhere, but the Jaguars, a team that hadn't had a winning record since 2007 and hasn't won more than six games since, they felt lucky to be there. It felt like, how is it possible that a Blake Bortles-led Jaguars team is in the AFC Championship game and, and arguably should have won that game against the Patriots? This feels much different. This feels like the Bengals are a year ahead of something that could make them a perennial power. And so if you're a Bengals fan, enjoy that because you are playing with house money. And not only that, but you have two more years to be aggressive in terms of roster construction, while Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are on rookie contracts. All the core pieces are in place. This is a really, really fun team to be a fan of right now, and the future is super bright. And so while this game, you obviously want a chance to go to the Super Bowl, I think Bengals fans should be really fired up because this, again, feels like the start of something special, much different than what we saw in Jacksonville where they were the random appearance and random contestant here in the AFC Championship game. Um, I love the Bengals here. It is. I, th I think it's so exciting to think about Joe Burrow, all of the weapons he has, a solid young coach, and all of the cap space. Like, they could really be— I think that they could win the Super Bowl this year, so never mind when they can fix the O-line, get some help in the secondary. They are definitely going to be a team to reckon with. Um, so you, again, you're, you're not going to take a side? Yeah, I probably will. I think I'm going to dabble in that Moneyline parlay— with the favorites and then take a teaser on the dogs and try to middle it. Um, I, like I also have the Bengal, I have a Bengals Super Bowl ticket. And so betting hard on the Chiefs, especially at minus seven, they win by three, you lose your bet, you lose your Super Bowl ticket. So I want to be cognizant of that as well. I, I really do hope it's a good game. Um, seven seems like such a sharp line that it's going to be another one of those when the game ends, whichever side you were on, you're going to feel like you were on the right side. Do you, do you agree with the line being seven on a very basic level? It's like, oh, well, the Bengals won the last game 
And, you know, they've. I understand with the Chiefs having home field, maybe that plays into it, but do you... I do. To me, it felt like the Bengals played the perfect game. And we mentioned they shut out Patrick Mahomes in the second half of that game. How realistic is that, especially playing on the road in the postseason with how good this Chiefs offense has been? I think they're going to be able to score still. So, and I don't think they're in over their head in terms of, you know, that matchup against the Chiefs defense. So, yeah, I think seven is, especially if, you know, you get a, a fluky turnover, you know, Arrowhead's a tough place to play. I do think that matters. Um, so I think seven is fair, and I, I genuinely could see it going on the other side. I know that doesn't help, but um, it, it's a sharp line for a reason. It is, yeah. Well, Joey B was saying he's, he's played in loud arenas before, he, he loud stadiums before. Did you see that? People were like in hoopla about it. Like, yeah, hey, how I think stuck he said up is nothing that? in the NFL compares to what he what he saw in college, and I believe that in the you, SEC. I think it's pretty nutty. I mean, I haven't been to Death Valley, but until I go to Death Valley, I'm not going to say unequivocally that. Seattle or New Orleans or Kansas City is is crazier. I think that is a part of this, though, is that dude got sacked nine times against Titans, didn't bat an eye. I mean, he is made for this moment. And that's the kind of the beauty of the college football playoff is that these guys have been in these types of moments. So why would you be scared of going to Arrowhead when you've played Bama in the Natty, right? I mean, it, that is a playoff. I agree. So I think that matters. That sort of experience matters. And Joe Burrow is made for this moment. And I almost think it gives them an edge to be facing a team when you are as good as the Chiefs, to be facing a team that others are thinking should be afraid of you. And they're walking in literally saying, we're not afraid. We're not afraid of you having home field advantage. I don't know. I've never played every football. Team will but say I would that. think. Every team will say that. But, but, but you we can believe feel, it. Yeah. We like, believe, we believe it. it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I'm so excited, Joe. It'll be a good weekend. Our Bengals. Who day? Who day? <laughs> All right. NFC Rams laying three and a half against the Actually, Niners. Actually, quick pause. This is where we should put in our secret word. Ah. And our secret word is who day. Is who day. So it's really two words. That is true. You could, yeah. W-H-O-D-E-Y. Who day. Send that word to the WinBet Twitter account. DM them with your WinBet username and email for a $25 free bet. Terms and conditions apply. I love how you just slid that in there. That, that, that was great. Who died? <laughs> uh, Rams laying three and a half at home against the Niners. This opened at four. We saw a lot of sharp money come in once they posted, once they opened this line. Um, we've seen a lot of movement since. I did play Rams minus three at minus 120 earlier this week. The total 46 and a half. Niners swept both meetings with the Rams. We've heard it. We have heard it. I know I've, I've heard it a million times. You have heard it on the radio, on TV. Joe, I know you've heard it a million times. San Francisco has the Rams number here. The San Francisco has won six straight games against the Rams. But also, let's remember, four of those were against Jared Goff, okay? And I know Matthew Stafford isn't Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, but neither of them are up to this point, right? Matthew Stafford is playing very good football right now. What I saw from him last week, like I mentioned, I was debating between Stafford completions and attempts or Tom Brady completions. And I was watching this game like, wow, I really should have taken Matthew Stafford. And from that moment on, I was like, I actually really do have faith in this Rams team. Not think something I thought I would say earlier in the season, but you look at it. They have one of the best D lines in football. The pressure that they put on Tom Brady throughout the game, he was pressured on 30% of his dropbacks. It looked like 99%. He was not comfortable at any point in the game. And to think that Jimmy G, so much respect to Jimmy G, love the dude. He's great. Former Patriots. I'm always going to love former Patriots but, players. But. I'm about to disrespect him real quick. But. <laughs> really, people? I understand they, they already won two pretty comfortably this season, but how much longer can you completely rely on the run game, completely relying on your run defense and not have a quarterback when it comes down to crunch time. If the Rams do get a lead to say, that's our guy, we'll be fine. Jimmy G is going to sling the thing. It's not like he's going to try to throw a pick six like every single throw looks like, right? And to me, that's enough for me to fade the Niners. I said it last week. Once they won that game, I can't wait to fade the 49ers. And it's true. And there are other reasons and a lot of stats I looked at, but I think on a basic level, which I know you're on the complete opposite side here, but that's how I'm seeing it. And I get that. And this is what makes this conversation beautiful and what makes sports betting beautiful is um, 
you can have the same information. We all have the same information. We watch the same games, but we process it all differently. And I look at this Niners team that I do believe is as complete uh, as any team left in the playoffs. They've won these games despite hellacious, not hellacious, horrific performances from Jimmy Garoppolo. They won despite some egregious drops from their pass catchers in Green Bay. So if you can get even a little bit more, we've seen them win with the worst. So I look at it through the lens of, and the hand injury and shoulder injuries certainly concern me. But if you can just get a tick better of play, why shouldn't they be able to win? Five postseason games, Jimmy G has only thrown two touchdowns, five picks. And they're winning. I know. It's so annoying. He has two touchdowns. Six interceptions in four games. No touchdowns in the last two games. I literally don't breathe when he throws the football. I don't care if they juice it minus 500 over on interceptions. I'm always going to hammer it. I do not trust Jimmy G, period. I want to save some of this analysis for my winning pick, but I I do think this team has a a replicable formula to win. Like you say, how long can they rely on their ground game? Well, they've been doing it for quite a while. And they're efficient on third down when they're playing well. And, and it's not just a ground game that relies on one person. It's multiple. And it's diverse. And it's up the middle. And it's this wide zone to the outsides. There's a, I mean, the, Kyle Shanahan pulling the strings, one of the best designer of running plays in the history of this game, quite literally. You know, if George Kittle doesn't drop that pass in the first half, what's going to be a touch? I mean, all, every team has those ifs and buts. Then you look at the defense that, D'Amico Ryan should be a head coaching candidate right now for how well that defense has played all season long. And I do think there's something to be said for intangibles. And again, I'll get to this in a moment uh, when we get to our winning picks. But this team has a belief, this team of destiny type feel that um, could the Rams win? Certainly. Is it as much of a slam dunk just to fade Jimmy and it makes it that simple? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I also think if you look at those past games, and you're right, their run game is so good and their and their defense has played so well that it makes sense that they're winning games. But in those last two, Matthew Stafford, and yes, the quarterback position, maybe I'm weighing a little too much on it, but he completed just under 65%, four touchdowns, four interceptions. He was sacked seven times, five times in that week 18 game. And then you look at the two games in the postseason, averaging 75% completion, four touchdowns, no interceptions. We've seen the emergence of Odell. Cam Akers, when he's not dropping the ball, hopefully he has a cleaner game this time around. He's a weapon. Sony Michelle, even in the running in the run game. I just think that they have Cooper Cup. It's like, I don't want to fade Cooper Cup here, you know? I don't think it's just fading Jimmy G, but I do think, especially game script here, if the Rams do get a lead, I, I don't see Jimmy G getting a win for them. Like, if they have to rely on the passing game. I just don't. That's how I see it. It worked three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I know, and I know. It worked three and, weeks and ago. And that's the thing when it comes down, and this is why the lines are so sharp, and this is why it is so hard to handicap, because there is 100% a reason and an edge, and really edges for both teams across the slate the past three weeks, really, right? So neither of us are, there is no right answer here, but that is where I lean. That is where Joe leans. Um, I guess we're kind of on opposite sides for both games, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I, yeah. More than not, which is like good. It. Make, it makes take, it exciting. If you're listening, <laughs> take whatever your lean is, listen to the information we have to share with you, and then it can confirm where you're at. Yeah. Or maybe potentially decide to, to send you to the other side, and that's all right. Yeah. But let it's us the know. Playoffs. But, let, but let us know so we can like sweat it out together on Twitter. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> All right, Joe, time to get to our interview portion of the show. And I say every week that I'm so excited, but this week I am really excited because we have one of my good friends, the prop queen, Arielle Epstein. She's on Yahoo Sportsbook. She's with MLB Network. She's with NBA TV. She is the one who got me in to the betting space. Arielle, so good to see you. So good to see you guys. Thank you for having me on. First time ever on your show. Our roles are reversed now, Claudia, too, because I feel like I'm always the one interviewing you. I know. It's so weird. The first time ever when you were over at Sports Red, I did my first like TV hit for MSG. And when I'm telling you, I was sweating. I was so nervous. She's like, Claudia, relax. I'm like, you do this every day for three hours a day. Like the most I had ever done was a five minute hit. So I was freaking out. But she literally got me into the betting space. We were both and local TV at one point, she was already deep in it. it. 
you and Kelly were in the betting space and she's like, yeah, check out Kelly in Vegas podcast and, and all this stuff. And so I start reading into it. She's like, just do it. Quit your job. So I literally quit my local news job and just dove into betting. And it's all because of Ariel. So you're the reason I'm here. I love you. Uh, follow her on Twitter at Ariel Epstein. The first thing I want to ask you is now that betting is legalized in New York and you don't have to uh, drive over whatever it was into New Jersey. Are you like more of a degenerate now or? <laughs> I would say I'm way more of, I guess degenerate's the wrong word because it's pretty degenerate to drive 20 minutes That's each true. way to New <laughs> Jersey. So like, I guess it's not so much about being a degenerate. It's more about being able to get better numbers. Maybe I'm just going to be more of a threat to the books. Instead of having to sit at my house waiting until I have time to take 45 minutes out of my day to go round trip to Jersey, I could just plug those numbers right into my phone and I could go and make my bets when the numbers hit exactly where I want. I couldn't do that before. So many times I just said, okay, I just drove to Jersey to place this bet. It's a terrible number. I'm going to bet it anyway because I drove here. So yeah, that's where I probably am much better now. Ariel, okay. uh, Claudia and I have obviously talked about our origin stories with each other just in terms of how we got into betting in the space and broadcasting and, and all that. But I'm curious for you, what is the origin story of the prop queen? How did you get into this space? Um, and why did, how did, you know, props end up being kind of your niche and, and where you've uh, a market you've ended up dominating? The props are actually the reason I got into betting. So I saw that the betting industry was going to be allowed to be legalized in more than just Vegas in 2018 once PASPA was repealed. Similar to Claudia, I said, I am out of local news. I was in the middle of a category for hurricane and it was a mandatory evacuation except for the news crew. I ended up as a sports person being stuck covering a category for a hurricane where I thought I was going to die in North Carolina. After that, I said, I'm done. I'm going home. I'm going to be unemployed. I don't care. I'll figure it out. And when I came home, I was freelancing around just trying to do that sideline reporter stuff, which honestly, I just did not like it. And it's for everyone. Like everyone has their own thing. I just didn't like sideline. Then I saw that sports grid and all these like little betting websites started popping up. I said, you know, sports betting is probably going to become something soon. I don't know when, but at some point, and I didn't really know too much about betting yet. I did know that there was a props market that was relatively new, especially because New Jersey took on props way bigger than Vegas ever did. It was a very Jersey thing to go and bet props. And that's why I decided, you know what, even if I don't know the ins and outs of betting and good lines and line movement and shopping around all that stuff. I knew how to handicap props because of fantasy. I've loved fantasy sports since I was about 10 years old to the point where I got kicked out of the fantasy baseball league with my friends because I beat the boys two years in a row in sixth and seventh grade. They said, you're out. I love handicapping props. And that's all because of my fantasy background. Then once I started to spend more time in handicapping props and being around really good bettors, I learned a lot more about the sports betting space. Now it's like a second language. I pretty much explain that to people getting into the business all the time. Sports betting is just a second language. I always thought that minoring in Spanish would give me an edge in the sports world. It wasn't. It was learning betting. And I absolutely love that I fell into it. I understand, you know, why it's become so big. I mean, you mentioned fantasy sports. It's very relatable. I think anyone who plays fantasy sports can feel like they can understand the prop market and play it and have a chance. But also you look at, Taking sides, I mean, these lines are so sharp in pretty much every sport, certainly the NFL. And so uh, I'm curious now with the rise in popularity in the prop market, are you seeing these markets get sharper um, in the NBA, in the NFL, um, and wherever they're offered? Yeah, way sharper. It's so annoying. There was a prop last year that I figured out with the rebounds plus assists. Combos were pretty new last season. Getting to combine in the NBA, especially points plus rebounds. And I mean, they always said points, rebounds, assists. Now you could do points plus rebounds, points plus assists, rebounds plus assists. There was a market for rebounds plus assists on someone like a Russell Westbrook, a Draymond Green. These players were so good at hitting the over on those props last year. I haven't bet more than maybe two rebounds plus assists props this year. The market caught up. Same thing for strikeout props in baseball. Strikeout props have gotten much sharper. It was something that I was so good at betting for the last couple of years. And this year, it definitely, it, you get the edge sometimes early in seasons because people don't know who certain pitchers are. So similar to what Trevor Rogers in Miami, people didn't know him yet. He's a rookie. 
And then you go into the third month of the season and it starts to get much sharper again. NFL, the lines were always sharp. There were just certain markets where you could attack, like longest reception props. The books are definitely catching on to props, though. The best way to take advantage is early in the season, finding those players that people aren't talking about. Also, you can find edges when it comes to COVID. I hate to say it, but when these players are out for COVID, especially in the NBA, in the NBA, there's always somebody who's the backup that doesn't get enough time and the books don't really know how to handicap them. Go and take some overs, take some risks on some of these backup players, especially if they've played already a bunch of times this year. There are players like Taylor Horton Tucker on the Lakers, who when LeBron James sits out, he goes off. And then, then Kevon Looney, uh, Golden State, he's another one who's taken off ever since Draymond Green's been out. In the NBA, you can find edges based on injuries and based on COVID. You just have to find those players that the books aren't really looking so much at, like a Steph Curry. I always say I feel like an asshole because I'm like, when I see an injury report that's in my favor for a prop, I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud, but I totally hear you there. It's true. Uh, but it's before, true. before we get into this weekend, like Joe mentioned, now that everyone is getting into the betting space and like you and I talked about last year, you sort of knew what the future was going to be like. Maybe we didn't know it was going to be this popular. And now, especially on Twitter, we're seeing everyone posts videos and everyone posts pics and everyone has a whale lock every single day. Everyone is calling themselves a handicapper. And I know because you and I are friends, we talk about it all the time. It does get frustrating to see people sort of just say, well, I'm going to go with Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady and he's the go. And that's the reason I'm going with this pick. And they're calling themselves a handicapper. So so maybe I was going to ask you, what's the most frustrating thing, frustrating thing to see since you've been in it for so long and now everyone's sort of infiltrating the space? but maybe we'll flip it and make it a little more educational. What's a piece of advice for new betters in the space, maybe in terms of trying to find an edge on a game aside from injuries and COVID? The best advice is to just go and look for people that give you good information. Don't just look for people that keep saying they're winning. You could change your record on Twitter, on social media, whatever. You could change your record to anything that you want it to be. No one's going to know. People aren't really counting your bets. Most people aren't taking tallies on how much you individually win or lose. That's why you can't rely on what people post for records all the time. Go find someone that's posting good information. And that's what I know all of us here like to do is give out good, solid info. For example, if I give out information that backs up, and this one's fresh in my brain, a couple of days ago, I bet the over points plus assists on the big man on the Pelicans, Jonas Alanchunas. He didn't go over his points plus assists prop. However, the the trend was about his assists. The trend I gave out was that whenever he's up against the bottom 10 defense and points allowed in the paint, the assists go up for Valanchunas. His prop was two and a half, and he's averaging about four a game when he's up against the team bottom 10 in points in the paint allowed. I went over points plus assists because Brandon Ingram wasn't playing, and I decided that the assist prop was a little bit off. He'll probably have a 20-point game, so take the over on the combo. Instead, he ended up going over the assist prop actually in the first quarter, and he didn't ever, ever end up going over his points plus assists. I got that wrong, but someone took my information and said, I liked your advice on the assists. I took the over on his assist prop and I hit it. And I said, see, that's exactly what I want. That's what I care about. I don't care if you tell my pick. I care that the analysis that I gave out is helping you to make good and smart choices. And that's where I think you can go and find good people to go and get your analysis from more than just getting free bets. Not just the what, but the why, right? Absolutely. I think it's also, it's not just like all the people in the space now, but it's also how people on Twitter react, like what the information you give out. And I I have developed so many pet peeves, just how people interact with us on Twitter where it's like, I never believe anything I say is gospel. I try to be as educated as possible. Like for me, it's entertainment. It's fun. It should be fun. And my there's like a couple of different layers of responses. You get like the, well, this aged poorly. It's yeah, easy to say now that it's gone horrifically yeah. and this player yeah. has three fouls in the first quarter. Sorry, I didn't forecast that. Mm-hmm. Or like last week, uh, I was on the Rams and I was on the Rams all week long and I made it very clear on Twitter and they were Ample reasons to go on, basically, in my opinion, both sides of every playoff game. It's just however you decide which lens you're looking through and which stats and numbers you value more. The Rams, in my opinion, were their clear-cut right side in that game. They should have blown them out or at least won by multiple scores. And yet when they start tripping all over themselves and Cam Akers fumbles twice, Cooper Cup fumbles, a couple of people come at me on Twitter 
you never bet against Tom Brady. Like, where yeah. were you in the first half? Yeah. And then you know, where like, are you oh, when yeah, the Rams sorry. win? Like, I should have known that Cam Akers was going to, instead of getting a game ceiling first down, was going to have his second fumble of the game. You know, you're right. Never. It's just like, get <laughs> yeah. out of here. Or I, and my last one is, oh, you were on this team? I would have bet the house on the other side. Yeah, like, I, like had, I had Bill's money line in that game. You? And everyone's like, oh my God. I'm like, dude, shut up. I was like, they had that game. Like, you can't. I went into it with one guy. He's like, I can't believe. I'm like, oh. I would have bet the house. Well, so, did you? Yeah, did you bet the house please, on the other let's, side? Let's, just, let's, let's talk about how uh, the Bills, if they actually got a shot at overtime, Thank how you. that game could have changed. Thank you. As if a coin, yeah, the coin flip, the most important part of your season. Anyways, we'll move on because I know we that can talk about that. for us. I'm we, glad we, we all got that out. Yeah, I'm glad we got that out too. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the AFC game, Bengals-Chiefs. Just a few weeks ago, Bengals beat the Chiefs at home 34-31. As we know, Chiefs are very good at home, 6-0 in their last six home games. We're going to get into some props here, but do you lean one side or the other? I keep going back and forth because the Chiefs are winning the game. The problem is I'm not laying seven. I'm not laying seven in a game where I believe it could be very similar to what we saw last week. The problem is when you look at last week and this week for Josh Allen and Buffalo versus Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, Cincinnati doesn't have as mobile of a quarterback as the Bills do. Buffalo's quarterback, Josh Allen, has been one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league in the last couple of years. Joe Burrow's not mobile, and he has a terrible offensive line. The offensive line's what scares me, but if you look at these two defenses, it's a very similar game to what we saw last week. It could result in a shootout. It's going to be two quarterbacks who have been phenomenal in the last couple of months, two quarterbacks who have deathly wide receivers to defenses. I mean, you've got Jamar Chase on one side, and then you've got someone like a uh, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey on the other. So, yeah, I mean, if I had to take a side, I probably would take the plus seven and a half already seeing it move to plus seven at some books for Cincinnati. I'm probably going to lean a lot more on props in the game, though, just because it's too many points for me to lay. I don't really have a side to die on on the game because I think the Chiefs win it outright. And the Chiefs have been so good at home this year. They've been nine and two straight up at home this season. And even though they don't cover as many spreads because they've been double-digit favorites in so many games or laying more than a touchdown in so many home games, it's just too many points for me to lay. I am just not as confident in this Bengals offensive line because look at what happened last year to the Chiefs with their bad offensive line. Injuries destroyed them in the playoffs, and it's why they didn't get a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life last year. Now the Chiefs are going to look on the other side, and they're going to say, oh, this was us last year. It sucks for you guys. And they're going to destroy the offensive line of the Bengals. And Tyron Matthew is another player that didn't really play last week. He was out in the first series. He's going to be another huge force to be reckoned with for that Bengals secondary, uh, for the Bengals uh, passing game. I, I agree in that seven points is too many, especially with the hook. That's why I'm totally on the Bengals. But Joe and I have been high on the Bengals offense. I agree the line looked absolutely trash last week. But in my head, I'm like, can they really do much worse? <laughs> so that's why I'm going with the Bengals here. But let's run through some props before we get to the next game. So Burrow over one and a half touchdowns is juice minus 200 to the over. I know you, we wouldn't eat that juice. But his passing yards is 288 and a half. I got it at 284 and a half. Would you play the over at 288? Yeah, I can see this over hitting at 288 and a half. I mean, you're looking at a quarterback that has some huge wide receiver weapons. He also has a weapon like Joe Mixon who can catch balls out of the backfield. The Chiefs actually allow for the third most receiving yards per game to running backs, which is why I'm targeting the Joe Mixon receiving yards prop. And the thing is, when you have a running back that can catch balls like that, in addition to the Chiefs struggling against running backs catching balls, then you're looking at more receiving yards just on short dump-off passes. So between that, between Jamar Chase being able to break one free, this Chiefs secondary being bottom 10 in the league, Kansas City struggled last week. Now, again, it does make me a little bit nervous because think of how many plays Josh Allen kept alive last week because of his legs. He was able to throw the ball after keeping plays alive. Can Joe Burrow scramble enough to keep plays alive while he's getting pressure on him? That's going to be the question. If I had to take a lean, though, I'm going to take an over on both these quarterbacks, honestly, in their passing yards, Claudia, because these defenses, from what we've seen in the playoffs, they can't contain anybody. Mm -hmm. Well, Mahomes touchdowns, it's two and a half over. It's juiced to the under minus 160. Do you see any value in the over? Two and a half at plus 115, or would you? I mean, I know you wouldn't take the under, I assume, at minus 160, but where would you lean there? 
Three touchdowns is a lot. I'd have to go look at his numbers and see how he's done at home to see if he's thrown three touchdowns in a lot of games. Against this Bengals defense, though, I wouldn't mind if you wanted to sprinkle on that plus money. Now, the Bengals have had a really bad defense all year. I've been going back to that Ravens game because, obviously, I watch the Ravens like crazy. But the Ravens game, when the Bengals played them and Joe Burrow had that crazy 500-yard game, granted, the Ravens defense was out, the Ravens had their third-string quarterback in. And when you have a third-string quarterback in and you put over 20 points up on a divisional rival, that's really bad. I mean, like, really bad. Your third-string quarterback had three, four days of practice with the starters. And then you give up over 20 points to him, and it wasn't even necessarily garbage time. It was really during the game. The Bengals' defense has been struggling all season, and you saw it. You've seen it throughout the last few weeks of the year, too, against one of these lethal offenses like the Chiefs. I could see the Chiefs scoring a bunch in the red zone, and then it's and you don't really I don't really trust their run game either. Clyde Edwards either has been banged up; is he even going to play? Do you really trust any of the other running backs to be a huge playmaker in a game that could send the Chiefs to a Super Bowl? No, I don't. So yeah, I could see Patrick Mahomes throwing for three touchdowns. I think anytime you can get Patrick Mahomes anything at plus money, it's worth a look. I mean, you look at he's going to be in the ballpark over his last seven games. He had multiple touchdown passes. He's hit the number in four of them. So. Um, uh, yeah, again, you get one of the best players, if not the best player in football, any sort of profit plus money has got to be a little bit enticing, especially in a big game where, um, you know, the Bengals played pretty dang good run defense against Derrick Henry last week. Um, NFC title game, the Rams are big favorites here, despite the Niners having won six straight matchups between these two teams. That includes a week 18 game that they overcame a 17, nothing deficit. And it's pretty crazy to think the Niners are here only because of that. Um, and then they've gone on to win two wild uh, road playoff games, now trying to make it three in a row on their way to the Super Bowl. The Rams have come out of the gates really impressively in that uh, Week 18 game against the, the Niners, and then obviously against the Bucks, They dominated the, the Cardinals from start to finish. Um, do you have a side here that you like? Uh, and then are you also just kind of sticking to the prop market here um, as well? I like the Rams in the spot, and it's not because you can't beat the same team three times again with those narratives. Um, that narrative is bad because actually you can. Every time that a team's won the first two games, they end up cashing in the third game at just around 64%. Again, I'm fading that trend solely because I believe the Rams are the healthier team. The 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, is banged up. He's banged up thumb. He has a banged up shoulder. I just don't see how his offense can be productive while he's hurt. Debo Samuel, their number one wide receiver, is hurt. Yeah, they have weapons in the backfield like Elijah Mitchell. They have other weapons in the passing game like uh, Yuke or Kittle. The thing is, the Rams have one of the top 10 run defenses in football, so that's going to eliminate your run game. You have a banged-up quarterback that's not going to be as mobile, and you're going to have to try your best to protect them, and you're going to have to make them throw. And that's the thing. The Rams' secondary is really bad. The thing is that they've faced this team now twice. And if you can just force Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not feeling too hot after what we saw last week. I mean, come on, you're relying on field goals to win at Lambeau Field. You got lucky that the Packers just completely fell flat on their faces. The 49ers should not have won that game last week. They just played enough to win. And this week, it's not going to be enough. You need to beat this Rams offense, who is so good. And they have so many weapons. And Matt Stafford is playing pretty good football. Wasn't his fault last week that you had some running backs fumble the football and you had some bad mistakes that, I mean, I just, this to me, the, the Rams are the more Super Bowl prone team. The 49ers have a lot of great pieces. And if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy, this is a whole nother ball game. The 49ers still allow the 10th most receiving yards per game to wide receivers with these top notch wide receivers on the Rams, like Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup. And even Van Jefferson, who's emerged to be this deep threat every one to two catches he gets in the game. He's been having for over 18 receiving yards in 13 games out of the last 14. You've got to look to how good this Rams offense can be in the passing game against a struggling secondary in San Francisco. Any prop you like best here in this game? There's two, but the one that I have been keeping a close eye on in the playoffs has been the Rams linebacker, Von Miller. If the book continues to keep him at three and a half for his total tackles prop, I love it. This is a number that Von Miller's gone over in six of his last seven games. He's the second leading tackler on the Rams in the playoffs this year. He's gone over it already in the last playoff game he went over, and I'm pretty sure he went over the one before that too. 
Linebackers actually do well against the 49ers. 16 linebackers in the last 19 games against the 49ers have had at least nine tackles. I'm not going to say Von Miller having nine tackles. He's probably going to have four or five. The thing is, linebackers have a lot of success against this 49ers team. So with Von Miller playing the way he has, averaging just over four total tackles per game in uh, playoff games, I'm or excuse me, just over four total tackles per game since he joined the Rams, and he's uh, had just under five total tackles per game on average in playoff games in his career. I'm going with the over on the veteran, Von Miller, three and a half total tackles, as long as it stays at that number. Ariel, I love everything you just said. The only thing I disagree with is if Jimmy G was healthier. I I fade Jimmy G, whether he's 100%, whether his shoulder is broken and his hand at the same time. I'm and you've lost a Jimmy lot of G. money. And you've lost a lot of money doing so. <laughs> I don't I'm, care. I will continue, especially against Matthew Stafford, who I agree looks good. Right. <laughs> Ariel, thank you so much. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at Ariel Epstein. Check her out. At Yahoo Sportsbook, MLB Network, and NBA TV. The prop queen and my bestie. Thanks, Ariel. Thanks, guys. Good luck this weekend. Appreciate you. Same to you. It is funny because she is literally the reason that I'm here. She's the reason I got into sports betting. Like, I did not even know what a money line was before. I hopped on a phone with her one day. I, like, called her in college. It was senior year. And I was getting some different job offers, all from local TV stations. And I think it was a teacher, one of the, my professors, said, you should reach out to this girl, Arielle Epstein. She graduated recently. Um, you know, she's in local news now. Ask her how it is. And I call her and she literally said to me, she goes, you will hate your life if you get into local news. Don't do it. She's like, I just quit and I'm just doing freelance now. I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on. I was like, okay. Then I ended up taking a local news job. Hated my life. I call her. I was like, what do I do? She's like, dude, get into betting. I'm telling you right now. So I got into fantasy betting. Literally just started studying, listening to podcasts, texting her, calling her every day, asking her questions. And I have fallen in love with it. But um, what's the difference? What's like the female version of a bromance? Um, It's a bromance. Okay. <laughs> we're pretty, we're pretty, you guys we're kind of like bros, I guess. It's <laughs> fine. The, the local TV thing is fine. Anyone who like is a broadcast major can relate to it because that's like used to be the path of, you yeah. know, you go from market 6,000 to market mm-hmm. 5,000 and I remember I was sending my tape out everywhere and I was graduating and like the only offers I got was like $18,000 a year in like North Dakota to cover high school sports. And I was like, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely oh. not. I was making, I can't do 12, it. this is last year. I was living in Florida, $12 an hour. And I was working from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every single day, shooting my own content, Shout editing everything. Shout out to those everything. who can handle that grind and have climbed that ladder. Uh, I was not made for that and was not, uh, Getting hit by cars and yeah. stuff. Did you see that on Twitter? Reporters like getting hit by cars. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thankfully, I'm very safe here uh, making some money. Hopefully making you all some money now. We Not shall, we shall move on. The Niners. <laughs> okay. Giving it all we'll, back. We'll see about that. Attention, parlay betters. Win, lose, or push a parlay with four legs or more on the WinBet app in the amount of $20 or greater Thursday through Monday. Receive a $10 free bet. You can go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. Into winning picks we go. I have a few props I'm really liking this week. There is one in particular, but Joey, I will let you go first. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that I think a smart play, especially for conservative bettors like myself, money line parlay on the favorites at even money, and then a two-team teaser with the dogs. Find a nice healthy medium that covers all of your your key numbers in both games. If you are someone who thinks it'll be close games, but lean favorites, that to me seems like a really smart play. Um, but I am going to dance with the girl I came with. Oh. And that's the Niners. I'm taking Niners money line plus 152. I've been on them uh, since week 18 when they beat the Rams. I was on them in the wild card run against Cowboys, and I was on them in the divisional round against Green Bay. I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo has not been Good. Yes, a couple big drops, but still, Jimmy G hasn't been good enough. During these playoffs, 303 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. So expectations are low. But again, that's the beauty of it. Because with expectations low, you know how good the rest of this team is. You don't need much from Jimmy Garoppolo for this team to have a shot to beat the Rams for a seventh straight time. I do believe that Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay figured out to a degree in which most coaches don't. And for me, I am banking on a running game, 
even against a good Rams rushing defense that ranks in the top 10. I believe in Kyle Shanahan from a schematic standpoint. I believe in Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. I believe in Trent Williams against uh, Vaughn Miller. I believe in a defense that dominated Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense once that first drive concluded. This is a really good football team. And there's a, te- there's a, a team of destiny type feel. There's a belief there. We talk about how we all want to fade Jimmy G. And I get that narrative. It makes sense because you watch him play and it feels like a pick six is right around the corner every time he drops back. But his teammates believe in him. And he has this superpower that's hard to comprehend, really, because he makes these catastrophic mistakes in every single game, it seems. And yet he's never phased ever. He gets right back in the huddle and expects to go succeed and win a game for his team. So when you have a guy in the huddle that has that belief in himself, his teammates, despite the mistakes, still believe in him. Those intangibles, that leadership, I do think means something. And I'm all for numbers and and trends and all of that. But I do think intangibles play a part in sports and emotion plays a part in sports. And I do think the Niners and and where the the momentum they are carrying right now, and a lot of people want to believe momentum doesn't exist. Um, This is a team that's got full confidence in itself to a degree in which maybe is a bit irrational, particularly as it pertains to Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm still believing in this team. I'm taking the Niners money line at plus 152 and hopefully riding into the Super Bowl with my Super Bowl tickets still alive. I'm still going to fade Jimmy G for all the reasons I gave you earlier, but best of luck, Joe. Uh, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow over 284 and a half passing. That is what I played it at at minus 115. I know it's up to around 288 and a half in some books over at WinBet 288 and a half. I honestly would still go over. His numbers have been absurd. I was surprised to see it so low to open at 284 and a half. The past four games, 348, 244, 446, 525. He's hit this over in five of the last seven. He leads the league in completion percentage, tied for second in the NFL with the most plays of 40 plus yards. And this is a good matchup because Casey's giving up the six most passing yards. If the Bengals do play from behind, the game script works in our favor as well. We've seen them pass the ball even more in the postseason, increasing their pass rate by 6%. I have so much faith in Joe Burrow. I'm going to continue to ride the Bengals. I think that their offense is what's going to win this game, and it's going to start with Joe Burrow. So I love him. Again, played it over 284.5. I would still play the over 288.5, but of course, but at this point, not as good value. Um, but I, I really do. Joey B, I, I, like I see it play. being a big game. I'll tell that. Okay, cool. See, I'm glad we could end on agreeing on something. <laughs> Joey, B. Joey B brings us together. He really does. He really does. The Bengals in general have, have brought this show much closer together. It's been beautiful. Who day? Who day? All right, y'all. Happy Thursday. Have a great weekend of football. That is episode 38. We'll catch you on Monday. <laughs>